Attention culture consumers, join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights, Colleen McMillan, Flo Siegel, and Anders Drew, on Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, Field Hang 10. Watch out for a new wave of episodes for Forgotten Cinema Season 9, Forgotten Summer. Ugh, really, Butler, a theme season? Let me guess, we're going to talk about films that were released in the coveted summer months that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. You know it, bro. What we liked about them or maybe didn't. But we'll always recommend people check them out. Maybe they'll find their own Forgotten Summer gem. So check out Forgotten Summer wherever you get your podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hold on, gotta catch this wave. We're sitting at desk in the recording booth. And welcome to another episode of Cracking One Open. I was going to say we went like NPR for a minute. <laughs> I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And today we're cracking open lies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a seltzer, but it's also a beer, but it's also a seltzer, but it's kind of a beer. This is a weird one. Thanks I don't know. for I... ruining the surprise. That's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> <sighs> that literally like, okay. I'm just going to continue with my notes. Do you want me to redo the opening so I don't spoil it for people? All right. All right. Good. (laughs) So I wasn't going to. Well, this week we're doing something a little different. (laughs) (laughs) We are cracking open Unleashed, a hard seltzer from Willie's Superbrew, which is out of Boston, Massachusetts. So according to their website, over a decade ago, Nico and Willie met over a game of beach volleyball. Nico was a young surfer who wandered up to the volleyball crew, where, which is where he first met Willie, an eclectic local goat farmer. Oh, my God. That's perfect. <laughs> that is exactly what I was hoping Willie would be. <laughs> Eventually, Willie showed Nico his prized ginger homebrew, and Nico knew that this recipe had to be shared. So they started making bigger batches apparently blending ginger in a borrowed Cuisinart and then converting a friend's shed into a walk-in cooler. Every weekend, they would pack it all up into their Honda CRV and sell it at a local farmer's market. And every week, they'd sell out. So they knew they had to do something to kind of grow that operation. From there, with a lot of help from friends, family, and a successful $20,000 Kickstarter campaign, the company took off. This was five years ago. And now they're brewing out of two different facilities and selling in nine different states. Ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is our first Kickstarter campaign brewery kind of a thing. That you know of. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Wait, bo- <laughs> like, is it? I'm pretty sure it is. I think so. Uh, so before I get to the seltzer, of course, I have to talk about one more thing that makes this company special, uh, and that is their commitment to the environment. Every year, Willie Superbrew has committed to donating 3% of their profits to an environmental cause that their consumers get to choose. Hmm. 
So that I like that twist. They have a nomination period where people can send in suggestions. Then they vet the nonprofits and kind of narrow down the selection before allowing everyone to vote on a list of finalists. So in the past, they've donated to the Coral Reef Alliance and the Better Future Project. Although I don't think they've announced the next recipient yet. So I guess go to their website and send in your suggestion. So I have to admit that uh, I've never had anything from this brand before, but their targeted sponsored ads show up on our Instagram all the time. And I've seen these seltzers at Whole Foods before. So I think it goes without saying that this company's seltzers are made from real fruit and natural ingredients. That's like the thing now. So their core flavors include ginger and lemon, passion fruit and mango, pomegranate and acai, and pineapple and lime, and blueberry and lemon. It's all gluten-free, carb-free, fairly low calorie. But what caught my eye this time is that this is a special limited edition release with a unique twist. So Willie's describes the seltzer like this. At a whopping 23% juice, a tropical blend of mango, pineapple, and guava make this one of the most flavorful seltzers ever produced. A dry hopped blend of citra and mosaic hops balance the tropical sweetness, providing aroma and depth far outside the realm of a normal seltzer. I thought you were going to say 23% alcohol and I was going to go, I did not eat enough today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost that, got scared. That, that would be scary. And finally, a touch of citrus from the lime helps balance out the whole experience. So after a preliminary Google search, this is not the only dry hopped seltzer out there, but it is one of very few, which on one hand makes it more mysterious and alluring. But on the other hand, it didn't really leave me a lot of room as far as speculating like what flavors we can expect or the mouthfeel or anything like that. Um, I did see that a fair amount of people described the product as seltzer meets cider meets kombucha, which is definitely up my alley. I know you still haven't tried kombucha. Um, so uh, I don't believe so. I'll be very interested to see if that's accurate and if you like it. I got I have my my booch every day. Um, I know I don't always talk about it when the opportunity presents itself, but seeing as this is a seltzer and not just another beer, I wanted to do a quick refresher on dry hopping and why it makes sense to do it in this case. So basically, hops are added earlier in the brewing process, um, add bitterness, and hops that are added later in the process, like dry hopping, infuse the brew with more hoppy aromatics. It's a way of adding more aroma and flavor Uh, Because the volatile oils are not boiled off like they would be if the hops were added earlier. Something else fun that I learned is that dry hopping can also increase ABV because it increases the fermentable sugars near the end of fermentation and the yeast will continue to ferment beyond when the brewer believes fermentation has finished and may not be accounted for with the final gravity readings. That being So that being said, I, I think it also depends very much on the style of beer. So I'm not sure that this idea applies to a seltzer because there aren't necessarily the same fermentable sugars from yeast. Also seems like it's going to make things less flavorful in terms of like, like Citra has those lemony notes. It's not mm-hmm. going to have that as much as it is going to have that dankness, that kind of more plant like weed type smell and flavor we'll have to see i wouldn't hate it that's what's 
that's what's being processed in my brain as okay. I'm listening to you. Yeah, I've never had anything that was primarily dry hopped. Yeah, we've had beer that's been dry hopped, but it's also on top of got hops. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, let's go over the hops because that's why we're here. I'm here to drink. Well, that too. I'm here to crack one open. I don't know what you're here for. <laughs> Citra hops, a.k.a. 114, were bred back in 1990, and Citra's lineage includes U.S. Tentnanger, Hallertau Mithelfra, Brewer's Gold, East Kent Golding, and an unknown variety of American wild hop. Citra went through extensive t- trials and testing, and the rights to this hop were held by three different big breweries at one time, but they were all ultimately passed on. Then in 2007, the hop breeding company started to shop it around to craft breweries, which is when Widmer Brothers, Dave Shute, and Sierra Nevada all agreed to co-found Acreage to grow Citra. Citra hops are... Lemony. Citrusy. <laughs> They have an ideal mix of high alpha acids and low cohumulone. There we go. <laughs> Which makes it good for bittering, but it's excellent as an aroma or flavor addition at any stage from pre to post boil. And this is in large part due to their high myrcene content, which is one of the major hop oils. And it's heavily associated with citrus, but can also be found in mango, lemongrass, verbena, and grapefruit. Citra can also lend delicate and desired aromatics, including gooseberry, lychee, mango, melon, grapefruit, orange rind, and passion fruit. Well, maybe those are the flavors we'll get then, because you get more of the aromatics. Yeah, that's what I'm that that's what I'm thinking. I'm but I'm wondering if my prediction. Okay, <laughs> uh, and then we've got mosaic hops, aka Citra on steroids. So Mosaic was released in 2012, featuring clean but very complex characteristics, making this a triple threat hop. That's right. Mosaic can be used for bittering flavor and aroma. It has high alpha acids, but low cohumulone, making them pleasantly hoppy with notes of mango, pine, citrus, tropical fruit, stone fruit, bubblegum, blueberry or berry medley. And the parents of Mosaic are Nugget and Simcoe which makes sense because the goal with Mosaic was to create a hop with very similar aromatics to Simcoe, but that could offer higher yields come harvest time. And that is what I got. What's a grapefruit? What's a mango? We got fruits to talk about. (laughs) I would hope that's not something that I have to go over for this podcast. If we're all 21 and up here. (laughs) Is a grapefruit just a big grape? It's drinking time. Kick it. Bop it. Slap it. Spin it. Spin it. Skip it. Wee! You ready to crack this? Uh, I have very thin fingernails. We'll find out. <laughs> it might be a double cracker, me mm. doing both. It might be. <laughs> or you crack it, then it takes me eight minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, proud of you. I got it. It was a little lifted up. I didn't need my nails. Okay. I got that smell immediately like fruit. Oh, I did not. But then again, I'm not holding it as close but to my face as you. Fruit in a beery kind of way, which is interesting. Ooh, and it looks kind of like a beer. It does. I really thought it was going to be clear. Not going to lie. I didn't know what to expect because they said they use real fruit. Although, it is, yeah, it is 23% juice. And I, uh, looking at all those other core flavors that I listed, mm-hmm. those all have between like 8 and like 
13% juice. Well, some of our favorite seltzers like um, Two, Two Roads, H2 Worlds, um, Thimble Islands series of mm-hmm. seltzers, those are all, those all have color in them. That's true. Because they use real juice. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It kind of looks like beer. It's the same color, but the bubbles give it away it's that different, it's not yeah. beer. It's the bubbles that really give it away. Although it looks like kind of a like hazy straw beer. It could be. Yeah. It could pass for beer visually. And smell wise, kind of almost. Almost. You get those hops, but it's a do. little fruitier than normal. A little bit more but effervescent. We all, yeah. Well, we also discovered uh, through that purely citra IPA from uh, Tribus recently mm-hmm. how how berry forward citra really can be when it's not buried by dankness. True. Another thing that gives us away a seltzer is it's got no foam or head at all. Yeah. Like literally not even one of those thin ones. I'm very intrigued. Let's Cheers. let's dive in. Cheers. Oh, you're right about that thunderstorm. I can it's like getting darker already. This is really fruity. Really and fruity. Really surprisingly dank as well at, and I get those hops. I get the hops, but the fruit really kind of takes it over. Mellows. I get a, a lot of that guava and mango. Yeah. And I pineapple. I'm getting a lot of pineapple. I don't know if I get as much of the pineapple and I don't get any lime. No, that's true. Disappointingly. I mean, the citron mosaic hops are there to give it kind of like my original prediction, which then I kind of undid. So that makes me wrong. Mm. Uh, gives it that kind of weedy kind of like dankness. Like you said, it's dank. Yeah. Um, I don't think they add anything to the fruitiness, but that could be because like you said, it's so much fruit. It's a lot of juice in this one. That's good. Yeah. Though. I'm I'm getting a lot of the mango and pineapple. Guava is such a delicate flavor that I feel like it just adds a little bit of sweetness. I don't know. I think the guava is kind of mixing well with the mango because mango is mm-hmm. really tart, an overpowering yeah. fruit. Mango. Yeah, that's why I'm generally not a big fan of mango. No, me neither. Uh, I like it in like juices and like when you have like when a it's beer mixed. that's got a bit of a mango flavor. That's good. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I've talked on the podcast before. Too many beers go mango. But yeah, if you just gave me a mango to eat, I'm probably not going to like it because it's such a strong. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad flavor. It's just like, boom, overpowering. in your face and overpowering. Uh, but in this, I think the guava really cuts it out really well. And you do mm-hmm. get some of that guava. Um, and the pineapple might have something to do with that. But I think this really makes it taste like a, a fruity, light, sweet beer mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. The, the hop dankness and the fact that mango, guava, and pineapple, and even lime, even though I can't really taste it, are... Flavors that you would normally get in a, like, especially a hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. So I think that really just adds to the fact that my brain can't really tell if this is a seltzer or a beer. And I yeah. think. I think that's fun. It is fun. <laughs> it, it's, it's completely different. It is absolutely something that I would never have thought of a seltzer with hops. Yeah. It just seems like, so you're talking about beer. Mm-hmm. But it's not quite beer, but it's not quite seltzer. It's somewhere in between. It is. It's definitely both. They found a very interesting balance. Like I, when I'm not quite in the mood for just a seltzer, but I don't necessarily want the heaviness of a beer. This is perfect. Yeah. I generally, although I like seltzers, I generally don't gravitate toward them. I generally want a beer. Yeah. Um, but this is something where I could probably grab, I could ha- definitely have another one. This would, this is fantastic for the deck. Super easy drinking. And I think the flavors, and it's only are, 6%. Ve- yeah. the flavors are very summery. Thunder.
thunder. Fuck you, thunder. I was you can just going to say, I'm, I'm definitely putting that in. <laughs> Fuck you, thunder. You can suck my dick. You can't get me thunder because you're just God's fuss. There's a tropical storm ish looking thing headed toward us. It's just a very quickly, but it seems very tropical in that. It's so, very yeah, hot heads up. You by. might hear thunder in the background. <laughs> And that's just and dope. I can't edit it out. And it's dope. And you shouldn't. <laughs> is yeah, easy drinking, great for a deck, great for the summertime. Absolutely. Um, which now we are we are knee deep in right now. Mm-hmm. So this is the best. This is one of the best things so far. I think we've had on the cast this season. S. Yes. That and is. I, it good makes for me. This. Yeah, it makes me really want to try the rest of their seltzers, even though they're not necessarily going to be like this like this is a this is a special release with the hops most most of their other stuff is just a regular old hard seltzer i'm intrigued i hope they make this a series where they where they oh try different hops absolutely i mean i'm intrigued but generally speaking it's tough to impress me with seltzers Mm -hmm. um Obviously, Middle Coast, who we interviewed, their seltzer was great, but they do very interesting things, much like this this seltzer is mm-hmm. uh, very interesting. They do interesting things with their seltzer. Uh, H2 Rhodes was voted by someone recently as one of the best. I think the grapefruit one. Hard seltzers is the grapefruit one, one of the best hard best seltzers in the country. In the country, yeah. Which is fantastic. So there's more Two Roads. Yeah, yeah, Two Roads. Love for you. Uh, and Thimbles is very good, uh, which is another local. But generally speaking, although the Arizona ones I had were not bad. I, I did buy a pack of those. No, those were those, surprisingly those were pretty good. good. But it does take a lot to impress me with the seltzers. I have yeah. so many where there's something in the aftertaste of a seltzer where it's like, oh, that's good. Super oh, artificial. That's vodka-esque. Yeah. Like they just took what was left over from the fermentation process or something mm-hmm. and basically made alcohol. Basically like a lot of breweries and distilleries, especially during the pandemic, created hand seltzer or hand yeah. sanitizer. Yep. Because they just had it left over. And that's what a lot of these seltzers taste like. Um, They taste like, oh, this is trendy. Let's jump on the bandwagon. We've got this leftover alcohol from our process. Mm -hmm. Let's just put some CO2 in it and add some fruit. (laughs) See what happens. And guess what happens? It tastes like rubbing alcohol with pineapple or whatever in it. Yeah. This is definitely not that. Um, This is very impressive. This is very unique. The amount of fruit juice used really pumps yeah. it up. And I think and that's it, there, there's what's great no about a lot of the seltzers I like is true flute flute juice. Shut up. True fruit flavor. This isn't this doesn't taste artificial at right. all. It doesn't taste like you're drinking the equivalent of a like car air freshener. But I think that's what a lot of people anticipate. They or they want their seltzer in in some some way, probably. I'm talking basic bitches, probably. <laughs> want their Let's be real. They're not listening to this podcast to shit on them. (laughs) They they want their seltzers to look and taste like White Claw. Yeah. And I don't hate White Claw. I don't love it either. It's not the worst seltzer. It has a time and place. It's not the worst seltzer. It's drinkable. Yeah. But it's not great. There are way better seltzers out there. You're drinking that for the name. Yeah. But I think that everyone expects because it's proliferated everywhere. Mm hmm. They want it to be clear. They don't want any kind of color. And I think the color, when you have real fruit juice, makes it a better seltzer. Absolutely. Every time. I've had great clear seltzers, but the ones that have color with real fruit we'll always beat them tend out. to beat them out. Um, that's not 100% of the time, but it's true with this and true with most seltzers. Yeah. 
I will say it's a little heavier than a regular seltzer, but way lighter than any beer. Yes, that is an accurate statement. <laughs> <laughs> because it has got some juice in it. You are drinking some juice. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to pep you up, too. You get some vitamin C. It's a little bit. It's, it's healthy. There, it's, it's healthy. It's a healthy drink. Six <laughs> percent um, alcohol is no joke either. It's That's a little bit Mo- more than a lot of uh, seltzers. Right? Seltzers usually are four point five or five. Yeah. Like session amounts. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a little heavier. Probably like you said, because the alcohol is eating up that hop or the sugars in the hop. Yep. It really does taste like a beer. This is something that somebody who doesn't like beer would probably still like. Yeah. and so, Or someone who's learning to like beer. Would be, be like, like, ooh, that's interesting. It is interesting. Well, if you feel like this, you might like this IPA. It's a bitter version it's of It's kind of a bridge. This. It is a very much a bridge. This is something I would love other breweries to start doing and trying. Yeah. Putting their hops in this. This is something that, you know, I think, especially for smaller breweries, like we talk about Dockside, which is in, in uh, Milford, mm-hmm. where we grew up, right next to where I grew up, um, where we interviewed Andy mm-hmm. and, and Bob, the owner. I think like a small brew pub like that, this is perfect because you're not going to Two Roads or, you know, this is sacrilegious to say, like Budweiser. Yeah. You're not going to waste an entire giant tank. Yeah. When you're dealing with small batch, although you're also dealing with smaller cost and profit margins, Mm -hmm. this is something where if it doesn't work, it sucks. You toss it out and move on. But you toss it out and move on and you're not wasting a cylinder the size of, you know, a building. Yeah. You're wasting. I could totally, something like Dockside would be ideal to try something like this because they have the capability of producing it in, in more like higher quantities and canning it. But at the same time, if it doesn't work out, then yeah. Oh, well, finish it off. Yeah. Moving on. At a small pub like this, the great thing about the way breweries work with each other is, let's say a small brewery, and I'm going to say Dockside right now, although this is Willie's Super Brew, um, <laughs> can take this idea or their own idea or or an idea similar where they're putting hops in a seltzer. And if it works and takes off in their little brew pub, Great. You collab. Yeah. With something like big, like Two Roads or with, you know, Sierra Nevada. No one's collabing with, you know, Budweiser. No one's collabing with Big Beer. Yeah. But you collab with these bigger craft breweries and you put something out there uh, that can go everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a fantastic idea. And um, you say Willie's Super Brew has two locations that they're making stuff out of. But obviously you didn't say they had their own locations. Uh, yeah, they don't talk about having like a tap room or anything like that. It's kind of like, um, what did we do last year? The cider graft cider Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily have like a hard location where you can go in and buy their stuff and drink on tap. Oh, I thought they did. Do they? Uh, I I thought graft was the one with the big, uh, I could be misremembering. No, I don't remember. They got their, they get their fruit. From a big farm. Okay. In upstate New York, I believe. But they're not a gypsy brewery. No. Interesting. Confusing. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, but yeah. No, I, I think this is great. I would definitely try other seltzers. I would just be a little bit more. I would still be as cautious as I was when we started this episode for this seltzer. Yeah. This doesn't necessarily make me want to go out and buy all their other seltzers. But if I saw it, I would try it. Yeah. If I was at the liquor store and I saw it, I would get it. I wouldn't seek it out. I would seek out more of this exact thing, though. Yes. Uh, which is great. But if someone was like, I have Willie Super Brew, I'd be like, oh, I'll buy that. But I would still open it with like some caution, being like, oh, I hope this is good, because otherwise <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed. 
but adding hops to a seltzer, it's fucking weird. But it's fucking But it good. works. And I, I think it works particularly well with the pineapple because pineapple and 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 mango, let's be real, mm. lend themselves to like that those IPAs are the flavors and they, the citru- and the hops and stuff. Oh, yeah. for sure. For sure that this was a very purposeful combination of fruits. Yeah. But like you said, I I would want to see some weird freaky fruits. You know, orange and mm. whatever hops blue moon uses. Everyone puts orange and blue moon to ac- accentuate whatever hops are mm-hmm. in blue moon. Papaya. I think that would be interesting. Papaya is on a lot of stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, make the lime a little Passion bit bigger. Fruit. Passion fruit uh, would be interesting. And that's that's in a lot of stuff. Yep. Or even like break it down, like just pineapple or just guava or just mango or like a lime kind of thing or. Oh, no, never mind. That's a bad idea. I was going to say like a cherry. <laughs> I saw, yeah, I saw the transformation on your face. like stout-like hops, but I don't think that it works. Uh-uh. I think it's that dankness of the wheat. That oh, it's make definitely that like, like the malt. Thing. Yeah. yeah, it's the malt in that. But yeah, I think all that's really interesting. But I think as soon as you add malt to a seltzer, you're going to be like, I'm probably making a beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to have the next Willie Super Brew, but I, I want to have it outside. I want to test I how good it's going to be out on the deck. Yeah. And then we'll buy more. It's really fantastic. Hopefully it's not super limited. Um, and hopefully oh, Willie Super Brew. It could Brew, be. I, I might grab some this week when yeah. I go buy more. <laughs> hopefully Willie Super Brew learns, you know. This is successful. Keep doing it. This, this is, is not unique. like, yeah. this shouldn't be a limited release. This should be an all the time release. The nine states I'm assuming are all East Coast states. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So get to the East Coast and buy it if anyone's listening on other coasts. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Or go and look to see if, you know, people on the West Coast or the Midwest, see if somebody else who makes seltzers is making something like this, because you should definitely try it. Yeah. This half seltzer, half beer experiment is a complete success. I would say so. This is something I was afraid of trying, and, and if I'm you're, glad you bought this. If you're not from the East Coast, I would say, as I was looking up other dry hopped seltzers, another one that seemed to be very well received online was by Stillwater. And Stillwater is in, I believe, Minnesota. So if you're more Midwest, go check that out. I don't I obviously have no basis of comparison between this and their dry hopped seltzers, but it's a a way for you to try this style. Why do I feel like we've had something from Stillwater before? I Mm -hmm. feel like I've had something from Stillwater before. It's possible, but it seems like a dry hopped seltzer would be something that would be a more local release. Just the way Two Roads does all of their kind of funkier stuff more locally and then they distribute their big stuff oh yeah you definitely don't want to like go big widespread yeah (laughs) you go big on established you go big on this is gonna it's gonna work yeah yeah two roads isn't put didn't put out their synopsis in liquor stores for like (laughs) a full year yeah uh, for good reason um not that it's bad but because it's they had some stuff to work on and it was weird yeah (laughs) you gotta you gotta make that part of what people want Mm mm-hmm um, the can art's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's definitely something you would see from a place called Willie's Super Brew. Mm-hmm. This can is busy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's orange. Behind the orange is just abstract, lighter orange gobbledygook <laughs> going on. Uh, there's a little green box where the gobbledygook suddenly turns into greens 
of darker and lighter hues. And then in that green and the orange, there are vines coming down. These vines have hops, lemons, uh, grapefruits, all kind of in a mosaic kind of art style. And there's a goat on there because Willie was a goat farmer. Yeah. Because of course Willie was a goat farmer. Off the vine, it says limited release in regular font. On the top of the can, there's little goats. And uh, <laughs> by the way, this is the tall boy with a, a full wraparound label, which is nice mm-hmm. for a limited release from a smaller place. Uh, little goats. It says 6% alcohol by volume. Seltzer unleashed. I just keep saying that around the corner. And then it says gluten-free drink real. Yeah, that orange and the green really pop. Willie Super Brew is a really is all undercase letters, but a really simple font, like an aerial font or something. Yeah, well, it's a, and a serif. Says, yeah. yeah. Underneath it says hard seltzer plus real fruit. And then an orange writing on the green part of the box, kind of hard to read, says seltzer unleashed, juicy, hazy, hopped seltzer. Yeah, I get why they kept with the color coordination, but it is a little a little harder to read. A little harder to read that orange on the on the green but, but you, you can see why this like popped out on the shelf to me oh for sure it's <laughs> it's nuts it's busy it looks like it absolutely stuff like this is it's absolutely a- something that you get at like little shops that don't know I'm, uh, it's kind of insulting but it's it's like they don't know advertising they don't know marketing mm-hmm. which makes it more standoutish yeah it's not professional it is professional but it's not sleek it's not sexy you can tell they didn't hire a like a graphic artist for like specialized like high yeah they hired a local artist here marketing have fun with it yeah and then out of that art they then threw their own personal style they went on photoshop which is definitely or microsoft paint (laughs) added font to it it's attractive put their labels on it it is attractive it's nice the mosaic photo is nice it's almost stained glass-esque that's what I was trying to get at with mosaic. Was that mm. the wrong term to use? Uh, mosaic tends to mean I I would assume that it meant like a bunch of little, little things drawings. that add up to You're something. Right. Of, You're right. Of, stained glass there. is better. Ignore what I said. Replace mosaic with the word stained glass. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then it says mango, pineapple, guava, and lime with citra and mosaic hops. And that is in dark blue, which the Willie Super Brew is written in. And the little goat standing on the vine is, and the goat is, oh man, the goat's on a surfboard as well, <laughs> yeah, surfing down the vine, because it's cause, surfers and goat yeah. farmers. I like that little bit of their history on this can. Mm-hmm. I almost hope there's a surfing goat on every can. I think that'd be really <laughs> I neat. didn't notice, but now I will have to check for that. Um, then the back of the can says, it all started on a goat farm. And now the goats have escaped. We're testing the limits of seltzer one limited release at a time. Can a seltzer have as much flavor as a double IPA? What is a hazy seltzer? Pour it out and see. This is seltzer unleashed. The answer to their question is simple. It's no. It can't have (laughs) as much flavor as a double IPA, but it's close. And I think it's as close as it it can be. But also it doesn't. A hazy IPA isn't necessarily a, a dipper. Like, can a seltzer have as much flavor as a hazy IPA? That answer is yes. As much as a dipper? No. Not so much. But I'm enjoying this in the summertime and I don't necessarily want a dipper. Mm-hmm. Then you get all your nutrition facts, which is interesting because beer doesn't need that. They actually made a point of wanting to be very transparent with their ingredients and the nutrition and everything on their website. Oh, interesting. It's part okay. of their mission. Um. So, yeah, does seltzer need that? I can't recall it. 
off the top. I don't think so. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, 210 calories. So it is more than the usual seltzer, but I think that's mostly the juice. Yeah, probably. uh, Because there's 10 grams of sugar in this. So if you are a basic bitch, you're probably not drinking this. (laughs) Uh, Ingredients are water, alcohol from sugar, pineapple juice concentrate, mango puree, guava juice concentrate, citra hops from Zaya Cops, lime juice concentrate. So lime juice is actually the least used ingredient, which kind of makes makes sense. sense. Yeah. And then it's got the government warning on the side. Please recycle. And then it says super beach cleanups with a goat riding a wave mm-hmm. on the side as the logo. And learn oh, the, yeah. Learn they and join actually, the cleanups at superbrew.com. Uh, um, within the past few weeks to months, I want to say, I was checking out their Instagram. They sponsor, um, I don't know if they sponsor or like just help organize beach cleanups. There was one on Long Island uh, and there was one, I want to say, on the Jersey Shore? You can't clean up the Jersey Shore. <laughs> I could be wrong. One of them was definitely Long Island. Because I was like, hey. <laughs> I could maybe believe Long Island. I don't believe Jersey. Mm. I just don't. I don't. Maybe it was Rhode Island. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you could be right that they tried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying they did not succeed. I like this is a Best Buy date on it as well. 9, 12, 21. So this is good for the whole summer, which is mm-hmm. nice because it's got mm-hmm. juice in it too. It lasts for a while. I mean, that's all I got on the beer. I yeah. think we went pretty hard on this beer. Yeah, this is good. Or I'm sorry. I'm enjoying this. This seltzer. <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> so if that's all you got, then uh, thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends or subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandoneopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or basically wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandoneopen or shoot us an email at crackandoneopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we want to hear from you. That's right. Talk to us. Especially if you're a brewery. Yeah. Tell us what you want to hear about. Tell us what you want us to drink. And then tell us how you made it. Breweries. Sorry. I want more breweries to participate. Yeah. <laughs> um, what you yeah. got? Yeah, stuff. Stuff. I got two podcasts I do. I got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. We're on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or the ForgottenEntertainment.com as we're part of the Forgotten Entertainment family or wherever you get your podcast. I'm also on Two Player Bros, a podcast to do with my, bro- uh, my brother Alex, mostly my friend Dave. We're two guys who play way too many video games. Join us when we talk about all things video game related. PlayStation 5, Xbox, Nintendo, PC, VR. We have it all. We play it all. And we talk about it all. And that's going to be on the Forgotten Entertainment Network as well, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've also got audiobooks I do on Audible. Find me, Michael Butler. I got Sour. I've got Coffee at Midnight. I've got Progressive Entrapment. I've got The Murder of Kelly Christopher. I've got Switch Art Fraud and Gangsters. 
I've got a ton of books out there. I don't make money unless you listen to them. They're mostly horror related, but a couple of them are crime stories and stuff like that. So if you like the sound of my voice, if you want to hear me do accents, if you want me to like be able to eat and be clothed and clean myself <laughs> and pay for my general well-being, no then pressure. buy my audiobooks, please. It just it doesn't cost a lot to have an audiobook and you have something to listen to in the car. <laughs> Check it out. All right. And a special thanks for our theme which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.